The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Over the next programs, you're going to hear where God has brought us and with the understanding we've got. We believe we were left here for a purpose. We were left here for His kingdom purpose. Now, I want you to get this. Because if you don't get it, you're going to miss the blessings, not only of the Father on your life, but the blessings of the Father through your life as a yielded vessel. James and Betty describe the joy that comes from living in God's purpose next. joy to sit here by Betty. <laughs> you think about this. And I know she doesn't always like me to say that we're both 76 <laughs> years old. She said, well, you tell them how old you are, but you don't have to tell them I'm coming along right behind you. <laughs> and we've been married now close to uh, 57 years. Thank you. Thank I love you. you. I'll tell you this too. The two of us, we really love you. You may say, you don't know us. <laughs> There's nothing that could have ever happened to you or will happen to you that keep us from loving you. I want you to listen to me, all of you. When God took me off the platforms of stadiums and coliseums all over America, and he told me to sit down by this beautiful, quiet, very shy sweetheart, he said, I want you to call the family, his family, in the family room and help them get to know the father. And we obeyed. Now listen to me. I saw the unbelievable crowds. We, we would laugh and sometimes rejoice and maybe you could say boast. In many of the Coliseums, we broke Elvis Presley's attendance record. It was just unbelievable. Billy Graham called and said, James, I spent a million dollars to get a crowd. You spend $50,000 in many of the places you go, you turn out the population of the city. And we actually did in the, some of the smaller areas. He said, it's just amazing. And then when I'm introduced as maybe the most powerful preacher and Jerry Falwell many times said most anointed man on the planet. And I knew God had gifted me. But I was so busy preaching and traveling to help your family. Listen, I believe this. I believe you so appreciated a man coming to your town that loved you and your children and went in all the schools and just loved them that you really prayed for my family. And I want to thank you because I really wasn't with them as much as I should have been. And you got God's arms around our family and Betty did an unbelievable job. But I actually lost intimacy with God. And uh, he brought me back to a place where I could hear his voice more clearly rather than just preaching his word, I was hearing his word. And I didn't just hold it and read it and, and be absorbed in it. It was, it was literally hidden in my heart, no longer just carried in my hand or preached. It was life. 
And the Lord told me that he wanted me to be a servant and that I would be most effective serving others. And one of the things, Betty, he showed us is that we would, we would many times here in this studio talk to the woman at the well, like Jesus did, that people had never even noticed. And, and we would bring them in. And then the other thing that was so big is he said, you've been the center of attention too much. And he said, I'm going to move you as a, my family to become not the somebodies, the gifted people building up the body, but it's going to be about the body, my body, not somebody's. And you've been the center of attention so much, and it's really not healthy because you want me to be the center of attention, and Jesus is to be the center of attention, so you're going to do that. And Betty, you'll bring people in that are gifted and known, and, and you're going to let them share their heart and their vision and encourage them, but you're going to bring a lot of people in that nobody has ever even seen the most ordinary people and they're going to see how big God is in people you would never think about. And it happened. All right, listen to me now. I mean, really listen up. What I'm about to share with you and in the coming times when you watch or if you happen to watch this entire time I'm sharing with our staff and I'm sharing with every one of you who've ever watched or maybe someone's told you, hey, you need to watch now. I want you to know that our Father has a family on His heart and in His heart through whom and through which He wants to bless all the families of the world. And the stage is set for the greatest manifestation of the perfect Father. I'm a fatherless child. I'm the product of a forced sexual relationship on a home nurse, a hospice-type nurse, caring for an elderly man raped by the alcoholic son. Many of you know this story. But just understand this. This 40-year-old woman who was to give birth at 41, had never had a child, did not have security, did not have a husband, went to have that baby aborted. And for whatever reason, a doctor said no. And she prayed and said, God told her, have the baby. The baby will bring joy to the world. Now, she had no idea. And joy to the world is Jesus. There's only one source of true joy in this world and in our lives and abiding peace, and it's Jesus. It's the love of the Father expressed through his Son who gave his life to give us life. And it's not religion, it's relationship with the Father. This child of a forced relationship, a fatherless child that grew up in poverty, what we would call extreme, this child, this fatherless child, got to know that father. I am on this earth at this moment and have been since God called me to introduce people to the Father and His will. I think it's really important that you understand something about the journey that I've been on. So you please listen. God has filled me with love for others. Jesus said the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, I'm going to tell you, I do. I do, and that's a miracle. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. I am vitally interested in myself and my well-being. 
and I am for our family. Betty is vitally interested in her well-being. You care about yourself. But I want to look at you and tell you something, and you, you, you confirm whether or not this is true. Betty and I have been so blessed of God, experiencing the reality of kingdom life now. The king is here. The kingdom is at hand. God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have experienced the blessings of God. We could sit back right now at age 76 and enjoy what you might say are the spoils of victory of sharing Christ and seeing him transform lives. But we can't sit back, kick back, just rejoice and pray and wait for the coming of the Lord. And you want to know why? Because of the second part of that commandment. The second part is where Paul said, when you do this here and you fill all the law in a word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Betty and I actually love our neighbors more than we love ourselves. God showed me that years ago when I was going to the mission field and we were marching into hell for a heavenly cause. And God showed me that as much as I enjoy the things outdoors or the beautiful, I like historic scenes. I like beautiful scenes. I like beauty. And I would be asked to go see something magnificent or do something that I think is fun. And I said, no, no, that'd be too much trouble. But I would go to the most difficult places in the world to just reach out and touch a child and give them food or give them a cup of water. And God says, you don't do those kind of things for the things you enjoy. You're learning what I wanted you to learn to love your neighbor, not only as yourself, but more than yourself. Enough that you would give your best. And yes, I do. But here's the deal. Betty, when we came and told our viewers here in, in this set as a couple that we saw heartache and heartbreak and the least of these and the overlooked. And the Lord said, if you'll notice them and you touch them and bless them, you do it to me. And these are really my family. And we did that and we told you, but we didn't know if, if you would help because Betty, as we went to church, if you wanted to have a meeting no one attended, you'd call a prayer meeting or <laughs> a mission conference and nobody would come. And I said, I don't know if you'll help, but I, but I showed you the least of these. And you said, I'll help them. I'll help them. And then we would show you a ministry that was worthy of prayers and support. And you'd say, count on me. I'll help. You have been the most amazing people. But now I need you to listen to me right now. I mean, over the next programs, you're going to hear where God has brought us and with the understanding we've got. And like I just said, we're not sitting back. We're not in a rocking chair. We're not just waiting for the second coming. We believe we were left here for a purpose. We were left here for his kingdom purpose. Now, I want you to get this because if you don't get it, you're going to miss the blessings, not only of the father on your life, but the blessings of the father through your life as a yielded vessel, as clay in the potter's hand shaped as a vessel of blessing conformed to the very image of Jesus. And by the way, to be conformed to the image of Jesus, we all fit together. And we recognize every other member is important. Every member of my body is important. Every member of the body of Christ is important. It's really important that we all come together like a body connected and submitted to the one head, Jesus, and like a family with the perfect father. 
and we show the world that he gave his son to redeem what the family of that father looks like, how we can love one another, how we can love our enemies appropriately without ever compromising or getting in bed with them, how we can love those who live with their fists clenched in the face of a holy God, but let them know you don't take that fist and hurt somebody. You can rebel. Freedom gives you the opportunity to rebel against God. But we as the family of God point you to the love of God, the compassion of God, the unselfish spirit of God's family, and we seek to get his loving arms around everyone with a broken heart. And we do it as a family. And what we are so impressed to say right now to the family is, we've got to stop all the nonsensical sniping of one another. Do you realize that for years we've been dividing the family of God up into tribes, into various sectarian groups or denominational crowds? And then rather than trying to point to perhaps the beautiful truth that we have found or that's been revealed to us more clearly, we take the word of God and use that truth and we'll beat people up with it or we'll just pass judgment on them, not love them or try to help them. Or we make an idol out of our particular view of a particular place in scripture that may be a precious point to know, but rather than making it a truth to share, we hold it up as some kind of a standard that actually gets a grip on our heart and the letter kills, but the spirit gives light. So if you move to a place where you are holding on to a truth as though it's the sum total of truth, you miss the truth, Jesus, who is the truth that sets us free, opens our eyes and ears and gives us the spiritual wisdom and insight to know the truth that has its transforming, liberating effect. And what we are here seeking to do is help the family to learn that we can be different, we can disagree, God says iron sharpens iron, but we don't do it this way. We don't clash. We don't wrangle over words to the ruin of the hearer. We come together and you can have friction that you don't even feel if you have oil when you're sharpening the blade. And the oil of the Holy Spirit would enable us to become a keen cutting edge for the kingdom purpose of God without being dull. So when Betty and I sit here and we talk to you, the family, and you see all these different people coming together from all the different parts of the body of Christ, and you see us loving them and sharing and saying pray for them and even support them, what you're seeing, Betty, is we're obeying God as the part he's called us to be, to speak to the family about the Father, to share his heart so that the family becomes healthy and is built up into the fullness of the statue of Christ, that this is how Jesus is lifted up. He's lifted up not only in our individual lives, but when Jesus prayed, he prayed we would have relationship with the Father like he has. That's a personal relationship. That's not religious, ritualistic traditions of men. That's a relationship with Father God and with the family, a love for the family. And then he prayed that the word, his word, would purify us and sanctify us. And then he prayed something. I've said this many times. I'm really sure it gets through. This is the part of the prayer of Jesus that the enemy, the deceiver, the great divider, has focused on fiercely. And that is the supernatural spiritual unity Jesus prayed for within the family. 
that the family would love one another so much like he and the father loved one another. And the world would know that's our family. Now I want to close this segment with this thought and I want you to miss it. From the very beginning of creation, the father's heart has been to find a family he could father who would know him so intimately, so personally, be so submitted to his will, his mind, his heart, that they would bless the families, the nations of the world. That is the church, his body. When he began, he picked a people. The people turned from the father to the serpent, even in the beginning of creation, and then the family that was growing sold themselves into bondage and God set in motion the process of freedom and deliverance that would come ultimately through his son Jesus because the Redeemer has come to Zion. We can arise and shine now with the glory of the living Lord in us, on us, and lead people into the revelation light of transforming redemptive love. That's why we're here. Betty, you and I sold out as teenagers to the kingdom purpose of God. We are going to live that way until Jesus comes or we go to be with him. I want you to look at our audience and tell them what you feel at this point in our lives. As we close this first segment, what's in your heart that you long for all our viewers to hear that you see as the Father's heart? Well, one thing that I have come to see more in my life, these 70 some odd years, and I look back and I say, God, you had a great plan for me. Even in my mother's womb, you had it all planned out. Not perfect according to the world because we have choices that we get to make. God doesn't take that freedom away from us. But along the path, you have guided me and shown me your best for my part in what you want to do in this land and in this earth. And that's what we desire for all of you, to see your part is so significant, not less than anyone else, but it's all fitting together for the perfect will of our Father. And we want you to see this as we speak our heart to you to know that God has his best in mind in mind for you. He wants to see you stand tall. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be confident in what he has put in you that you might be the example that he has put us here to be. Honey, I love you so much. Thank you for walking the journey with me. I want you to know that in the upcoming programs as you watch, you're going to hear very clearly, and I want you to know precisely what we're called to do and be. And I will say this, we cannot fulfill his perfect purpose unless we do it together. Never been a time when we've needed to come together more and pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, and it can be. We're going to try to help you see what that looks like. And I'm going to tell you about the journey we've been on that many, many times even the church world did not understand. 
But God knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish. And he does right now, not just in me or Betty, not just in you, but in all of us individually, but also collectively as a body. And when that body comes together and that family submits to the Father's will, God's will will be done on earth through the family and in the family as it is in heaven. And it will be indescribable in the blessings and the joy and the peace and the effect it has. I want you to listen closely and let's walk it together. Now you have an opportunity even now to reach out and touch the least of these while you're praying for the Father's will to be done totally through his family. We've just arrived at this malnutrition clinic and my heart just sinks as we arrived here because these, this is far more mothers and children than what we're used to seeing here. You know, we're just at the beginning of the hungry season. You say, what does that mean? Well, this is what it means. So they harvested some months ago. In the village that we were in a few days ago, they were telling us how they ran out of food in the last month or two. And what that means, when I say ran out of food, that means they have no food. One of the mothers said, I have no food. That's what I mean when I say the hungry season. And what you're seeing here is just the beginning of the ramification of that. So many mothers lined up here, way more than normal. And children that look like this young child, you can see by just how emaciated the child is, just how thin its shoulders and arms are. You don't have to be a nutritionist to be able to say to me, I can see that that child is malnourished. Look how it just reaches out almost as if to say, please help me. And that's why we have to get mission feeding out there into the villages. You see, if we get to the villages where these mothers are, if we can meet them there with mission feeding, we can solve this problem where we can guarantee life. Here we fight the battle of life and death. Out in the village with mission feeding, we guarantee life. Please do whatever you can do. Partner with us to help us continue to expand mission feeding and continue mission feeding in the areas we are so that we can guard against mothers and children having to be in malnutrition clinics. When you first saw that little child, did you notice as Isak was reaching out, how he was opening his mouth like that little child said, I'm so hungry. God, you have no idea how it would break my heart if because I'm trying so hard to help you, your family, your grandchildren and children's future, because we don't need to lose freedom and the blessings it produces. For someone to say, because you talk to some leader that we don't happen to approve everything about them, or we don't even like them, and then you would cause that little child not to be fed, I can't tell you what that would do to me. Please help us. Did you see in the line when Esau tried to give that bowl of soup and the child didn't know what to do and that little girl behind him, could have been his sister, reached down to help. That's what the viewers of life do. That's what people do 
when they really love the least of these. Jesus says, you're the ones that really know me. You're the ones going to spend eternity in heaven. I believe that with all my heart. We want to give spiritual food, spiritual water, but we also, with the love of God in our heart, we want to share Jesus with them, not just in word, but in demonstration. You've been doing it. We have never, never needed help like we do right now. I'm praying for the greatest year in gifts and New Year's beginning in the history of life because right now the stage is set for the greatest manifestation of the glory of God through his family. Would you right now go online or dial that number, get your bank card or write a check. Would you make the largest gift you can right now? I pray it'll be the greatest year in gift you've ever made. And we'll be giving life because Jesus gave us life. God loves so much. He wants to love through us, his family. Thank you for your gift. Mission Feeding began with a promise to be there in times of crisis for thousands of hurting and hungry children in their time of need. Now more than ever, we need your help to save lives by feeding and caring for children across the continent of Africa. With food reserves gone and many areas experiencing severe famine, we urgently need to replenish our supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your gift of love can be the miracle answer to a desperate mother's prayer. Call now with your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 that will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. With your gift, we'll send you the Altered Worship CD by Anthony Evans. This powerful full-length album includes unique versions of some of today's most cherished worship songs that are sure to uplift and inspire you. With your gift of $100 or more, please request the Filled with Faith and Joy travel mug set. These 12-ounce mugs are crafted with large handles, double-layered insulation, and vacuum-sealed lids to prevent spills. Each mug includes a message to remind you of God's blessings and faithfulness. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our commemorative bronze sculpture, Safe in the Shepherd's Arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, I want to thank you for your help. Uh, Betty and I are not exaggerating. You know, it has broken our hearts that some people don't understand that we, we really believe that freedom is important. It's for freedom Christ set us free. God loves freedom. He led his people out into freedom. He wants us to live in the blessing and fruitfulness that freedom offers. We really need your help right now. I think more than we ever have in our entire ministry. Father, please direct your beautiful people as they give. In Jesus' name, look forward to hearing from you. We have gifts to bless you, and you are a blessing. Thank you.
Tomorrow, James and Betty encourage us to see our blessings as God's way to meet the needs of others. Then step up and watch miracles happen. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.